Star Joe's Podcast, episode 117, The Kessel Run. I'm your host, Ryan, and this time it's just me. Uh, no one else with me. This is a new type of episode that I'm looking to do uh, for you guys. Basically, what we've done in the past, if you're familiar with the show, we had a segment called The Kessel Run, which was Chuck and I looking back at the old 80s comics or maybe some later series and everything else, basically doing retro reviews. And that's essentially what this show is going to be. It's going to be me doing reviews of those older comics that were out there. The Marvel run of G.I. Joe, the Marvel run of Star Wars, Transformers, uh, some of the more obscure 80s properties like Visionaries, uh, Sectars, Centurions, uh, Mask. All those older comics that are out there that are not currently being produced by you know the different publishers that are out there. That's what's going to be reviewed on this type of show. Uh, sometimes I might have other hosts with me, uh, such as, you know, maybe one night when uh, Robert and I are recording, maybe we'll cover one of these older issues, or maybe when Chuck's here recording with me, we'll cover some of these older issues. Or maybe I'll even have some of you guys on with me if it's something that you guys want to talk about. But basically, the idea behind the show is it's going to be a short episode. It's not going to be, you know, hour, two hours of me talking the idea behind this is that I am just going to grab an old issue of something I feel like reading and reviewing at that time. And I'll read it and then come and do a little bit of homework, a little bit of research to give it some, some context and some background for it for you guys. And then come on an episode like this and review the whole story. Uh, tell you what it was all about, give you a summary. So these episodes are definitely spoiler filled. I'll give you some background maybe with the issue or some things I found out about it. Uh, give you my opinion on the issue, the art, the story, everything like that. And uh, really that's it. And then next time we do an, I do an episode like this, it'll be uh, the same thing. I'll just pull a random issue out. Now I will tell you I will go in order. So in other words, you know, in the past we covered G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, 1 through 10. So I'm not going to go back to number 1. Uh, I will start with number 11, and when I do that issue, I'm sure I'll let you know what previous episodes we have done that 
covered issues 1 through 10. So this way you can go back to those and listen to those if you'd like. And then maybe next time I'll cover Transformers issue 11 and do the same thing. And then when I come back to G.I. Joe, it's not like I'm going to pick G.I. Joe Real American Hero number 55. I'm going to pick number 12. So every time I come back to a comic series, I will go back to the next issue in line. So if you listen to these episodes, you'll basically get the full story and hopefully I can get caught up on some of these older issues that I know you guys have been excited to hear about, and we really haven't had a chance to talk about them. And then this way it also gives you guys a chance to give some feedback on that particular issue or this particular type of episode. Uh, so I want to hear from you guys as well. I mean, do you like this idea? Do you like this type of format? So let me know what you think. Uh, and like I said, I want to hear what you have to think about these issues and you know, maybe there'll be just some feedback segments just for this type of episode. I wanted to start off with something a little bit more obscure. I wanted to start with something obscure, one of the obscure 80s properties, just because we really haven't touched on any of them. And the one I wanted to start with was Sectars. I was a big fan of Sectars uh, growing up. I had a couple of the toys watched the cartoon. It was a very short-lived cartoon and uh, always felt like there was a lot of potential there. Always felt like there was a lot that they could do with that. But unfortunately, it was very, very short-lived. Uh, in fact, it only uh, it was released by Coleco. The Sectars were, just to give you a little bit of background. Uh, they were released by Coleco and it came out on September 14th of 1985 and it went to October 12th of 1985. And so you can tell it was, it was really only about a little over a month that it was actually out there uh, and released. And uh, if you do any, own any of the toys, you'll notice on the toys they're actually stamped with 1984. But that's not actually when they went up, they came out. That's just when they were produced. Um, I'm not going to get in great detail about Sectars as far as all the other stuff that's out there. Because, again, I'm focusing on just one issue of Sectars. Uh, but I wanted to give you a little bit of background because I realize it is an obscure 80s property, and I want to make sure that you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The background on Sectars, and this is the official story background, is somewhere in space, somewhere in time, on the distant planet of, planet of Symbion, a genetic experiment fails. Frightening changes take place that cannot be stopped. The result, a world where insects grow to frightening proportions, a world where the inhabitants have taken on the awesome characteristics of insects, where the noble citizens of the Shining Realm are locked in mortal combat with the denizens of the Dark Domain, telepathically bonded, also known as telebonded, in combat, sectar warriors join with their insect companions in the ultimate battle for survival. Uh, and then you also find out through the stories that because of this bond, they the, in, the insectoids and the sectars share each other's pain and pleasure. So when one of the sectars is happy, the insectoids are happy. So they're connected to each other. Pretty neat concept. There's a lot out there, uh, believe it or not, about sectars. The place that you can go to is sectars.com. So S-E-C-T-A-U-R-S.com. It's the official website for sectars. There's a lot of information there. And you'll actually see that there's a lot of story potential out there uh, that was created in the 80s that maybe could be 
brought back today and someone could really do something with it. Uh, I don't know who, if, if anyone owns the rights to it anymore. But what I'm covering today is actually a mini-comic that came with the toys. I love mini-comics. I know a lot of you guys do also. And what this is, it's going to be Sectar's Warrior Symbion, Dargon, and Dragonflyer. So this is the one that came with the toy of Dargon and Dragonflyer. Dargon is the prince of the Shining Realm. And Dragonflyer is his insectoid that he that he rides. So, um, so when you look at the cover, uh, it's a pretty awesome cover. Very action oriented. Got Dargon swinging this, his uh, broad skull behind him. And just to give you a little bit of background, uh, a skull is a, a shatterproof material grown as plant-like stalks, and it's used almost exclusively in the manufacture of shields, armor, and weaponry. Uh, it's impervious to damage from any type of venom. Uh, you're going I'm gonna reference a couple other things as we go through the story, but it's almost a metallic or hard plant that they're able to harvest and use for weaponry uh, and their armor and everything else. Um, but he is on this cover and he's wielding this broad skull and he's surrounded by these little beings. They look almost demonic with like wings, fairy wings and stuff like that. So pretty cool cover. Uh, when we get into the first page, Dargon and Dragonfly are standing at the very top, and it gives a brief overview of what the Shining Realm is and who these characters are on, on the very top, which I thought was pretty cool. You'll find that with this particular issue, they really build up a lot of what the world is right from the beginning. So we have Dargon. He's flying on Dragonfly. He notices in the distance that there's a wild insectoid with a rider on it. Uh, it's a young sectar that's down there, and he realizes that this young spawn, as they're referred to, has made the mistake of getting onto a wild insectoid and that he's not telebonded to. Uh, on page two, we see that the youth spawn is about to fall off because his harness uh, snaps and breaks. He calls out that the stirrups are broken and I'm falling. And we get uh, Dargon mentally telling Dragonflyer that he's got to go faster so that they can catch this, this youth spawn. As he as he's falling, uh, they of course swoop in just in time, catch him, and then on the next page, Dargon's talking to him, saying, "You should know better. These the wild insectoids won't obey anyone who they're not telebonded to." And he said, "Well, I was just really trying to be like you. I want to be a warrior like Prince Dargon himself." Dargon laughs and says, "Being a warrior takes a lot more training than merely learning to ride insectoids." Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. So they drop him off at the uh, this youth spawn at the Shining Realm. Dargon flies off with, with Dragonflyer, and they're flying over forests, and they happen to notice a strange sound. They fly down, so on the next page they fly down, and there's these shadowy creatures in the woods. There's these like little thorns coming off of them and, and everything, and all of a sudden a huge net comes out, and Dragonflyer growls out, and luckily because of the growl, 
uh, Dargon's able to pull out his broad skull sword and slash right through the netting that was about to capture them. He lands down below and is surrounded by these shadowy little beings that are they come up to maybe just about his thigh, so they're not very big. But he's standing there with his sword. He says that these are really strange creatures, and Mantor, the wise, which was his tutor, has told him of such beings, uh, but he's never seen them for himself. So we get this insight that he has this mentor that's named Mantor, M-A-N-T-O-R. He's known as the wise one. We don't actually get to meet him in this issue, but if you have the toys, the great thing about having this mini comic is if you have the toys, you can look on the back of the toy, and you can actually see some of these characters. It gives you an idea, like, oh, okay, Mantor, let me see who that is. And you look on the back, and they show, you know, they show the different figures. And you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's the next one that I want to get. So it was very smart marketing to mention these characters and make you look at them and then make you decide, you know, I want to own that one. Uh, Dargon gets attacked by these little creatures, and again, they... They look like little imps uh, with little thorns coming off of them, and they have these, like I said, like fairy wings off of them. And they attack him and Dragonflyer. And as they're battling, the sunlight shines through the, the dark forest, and it hits Dargon's uh, amulet that he's wearing. And this causes all the little creatures to notice this amulet, and they realize that he is actually a warrior from the Shining Realm. And they they asked for his forgiveness because they said, if had we known of who you were, we would have never attacked you. And he says, uh, there's no forgiveness is, is uh, necessary because they knew he he knows that uh, they didn't mean him any harm uh, had they known who he was. Uh, they asked he asked them who they are, and they explained that they are known as the Thornets and uh, of the Dead Forest, and they're normally a peaceful race. But they were, their king was stolen by someone who bore uh, this symbol on his skull shield. And when they draw the symbol in the dirt, Dargon recognizes that as General Spydrax's symbol. And he's, he explains that he's a barbarian warlord from the Dark Domain. And I just love his word. He's like, if Spydrax has dared to enter your, your kingdom and seize your king, then Prince Dargon will make him answer for it. So just very dramatic. Uh, we then go over to uh, another area of the Dead Forest where we see Spydrax is leading his barbarians. And uh, he has the king on his spider flyer. So very unique name for his insectoid spider flyer, which is basically a giant tarantula uh, with wings. So the barbarians in the background are very loosely drawn. So you, you don't really get to make out what they look like or what they are. You can see that they're wearing bandoliers, and, and that's about it. Uh, there's no real definition to them. The king of the Thornets asks, well, why, you know, why do you have me? And uh, Spydress explains that uh, his empress, Empress, Empress Devora, who, again, we don't get to see in this, in this issue, and I don't know if we ever get to really see what she looks like. As we go through these comic issues, Maybe she'll make an appearance, and, and that would be cool, because I, I have no idea what she looks like. But he, he explains that Empress Devora uh, could use him as tribute because the Thornets will then pay to have him returned. Just as they're talking, Dargon swoops in with uh, Dragonflyer and snatches up the king right out of Spydrax's arms. Um, and I should mention that Dragonflyer, if you're not familiar with what he looks like, 
you might think he looks like a dragonfly, and you wouldn't be too far off there. Uh, he's got six legs, and he's got big wings, and obviously he's a giant beast because uh, Dargon can ride him. His face kind of looks like a combination between a lizard and uh, an insect, so that can give you some idea there. So the king thanks Dargon for rescuing him. He shows that Dargon, he, he knows all about Dargon, and he explains that the reason he knows who Dargon is is because Mantor has actually visited them often and has told tales about Dargon's courage and might. So, again, we have the, the mention of, of uh, Mantor. Dargon releases the king once they're out of the forest, and he says, As your Thornets are taking care of the barbarians, I'll take care of Spydrax. He shoots his Vengun. The Vengun is a, it's a spring-loaded gun for firing poison darts and they range about 40 meters. It's skull darts, so again, that's material skull. Skull darts are filled with the venom of a creature called a venipede, and we'll probably see that at a later time. Uh, not in this issue, but at a later time, what, what the venipede is. He fires the Vengun darts uh, at Spydrax, but Spydrax's shield is able to, to block the darts. Spydrax then fires his uh, venom whip, at Dargon, which actually knocks the gun out. And just to let you know, the Venom Whip, it's a poison-tipped weapon uh, crafted from a Triceralon antenna. And like the Vengan Dart, the whip causes instant death if it breaks the skin. So because of this, Dargon actually you know, says, well, you just knocked the gun out of my hand, but I had my broad skull sword, and he actually cuts through the, the whip and cuts it in half. Spydrax points out that he's a weapons master, and he has many other weapons. He pulls out a blaster and shoots at Dargon, but Dargon blocks it with his shield. And Dargon happens to point out to Spydrax that uh, you might be able to, to take me on, though he doubts it, uh, but he certainly wouldn't be able to take on all of the Thornets as well. So basically pointing out that Spydrax is outnumbered. Uh, Spydrax curses out Dargon and flies away with Spider-Flyer, and the Thornets chase after him, and Dargon basically laughs and says uh, that he's got quite the tale to tell Mantor when he returns to the Shining Realm. So that's the, the mini-comic issue. I actually really enjoyed it. The artwork's really great, uh, considering it's a mini-comic. I tried to find out who the artist was and who the writer was on this. It doesn't say it in the actual issue. Uh, and all the research I, I looked up, I really couldn't find anything online. So if anyone out there knows who the artist and the writer uh, was on this particular issue, or on any of the mini-comics for Sectars, I'd greatly appreciate it. But yeah, like I said, it, it's a comic worth reading, and you can actually read it for free. If you go to sectars.com, and at the top you'll see Merch and Media. And if you click on that, you'll actually see the mini-comics, you can actually bring them up, and it's perfect for an iPad. You'll be able to actually read each issue and really enjoy it. And you can read all the other future issues as well. And like I said, this will definitely be a property that I'll revisit, and we'll revisit these mini-comics. And then there was a series from Marvel Comics also. I believe it went for about eight issues, and I do have all eight issues. Um, so maybe once I'm done with these mini-comics for Sectars, maybe I'll circle back around to the Marvel comics, and we can see if, if there's any differences between that or if it just adds to the story. A little bit of compare and contrast and everything else. So, that's really it for this episode. Uh, I said, Like I said, I wanted to keep these things short. 
tell me what you guys think as far as this type of episode, and tell me what you think about Sectars. Tell me what you think about this particular issue. You know, like I said, go online, go to sectars.com and check out the issue. It's not going to cost you anything to read it. So uh, read it, take a look at the art. Like I said, I, I think it was really well done as far as the art goes. A lot of action, a uh, lot of really deep, great detail in there. And you get 16 pages, which I thought was fantastic for a mini comic, especially this day and age where you're paying for 20 pages of comic uh, reading, and this gives you 16 pages, and again, you get it for free. So that's all I have. Let me know what issues you guys would like me to, to read. Of course, I'm going to be uh, reading G.I. Joe, Real American Hero from the Marvel run, Transformers Marvel run, uh, Star Wars Marvel run. I'll go ahead and, and circle back with those. Again, I might have guests in the future, uh, but again, I want to keep these episodes short. And the great thing about doing an episode like this is I don't have to coordinate with anyone. So if I feel like recording after reading an issue, I can read the issue, take some notes, and boom, I'm here to record and get a new episode out to you guys. So hopefully with future issues also, I'll have more research and more information to provide for you, some more insight. But again, with these mini-comics, there's just not a lot of information out there as far as who the creators were or anything like that. But that'll definitely be something I cover whenever I have that information available. So with that, let me go ahead and give our information out. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. You can find us uh, on Facebook. There's a fan page. Uh, we do have a profile page. However, Facebook has been kind of funny lately, and they won't let us use Star Joe's as a profile person, because they don't believe it's an actual person, which I understand it's not, but they won't let me use that. So I'm actually going to be shutting down the profile page, but the fan page is still going to be out there, and that's connected to our Twitter account, which is at Star Joe's Podcast. I put the alert out there to come over to our fan page. It's where we post most of the stuff anyways, and you can easily find it just by typing in Star Joe's and finding the page and hitting like, uh, and then you can follow us all along that way. Uh, leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. We did get a voicemail recently, which I'll play next time uh, I'm recording with either Robert or Chuck. Find us on GeekCast Radio Network, uh, GCRN. I believe that's pretty much everything. With that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. been kidnapped by Cobra. We have no alternative. Call in G.I. Joe. Fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe. Who's leader of the Joe team? Fox. The man's best. He's in control. He's the man. Good luck, Joe. The legend of G.I. Joe. The legend of G.I. Joe. Viewed from Marvel Comics.